Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Hospitality MD. My name is Kyle, and I'm here with Rupesh Patel. Rupesh is a hotel owner and investor. Um, he is a hotel consultant, and uh, as well as just a general hospitality professional. This guy is everything hotels, um, and he also loves pizza. So we're happy to welcome Rupesh to the show today. Um, and, and see where his journey began in hospitality. So Rupesh, thank you so much for taking the time to sit with us and, uh, talk about our favorite subject together. Thanks, man. Thanks for having me on. And I'm super excited to kind of share my story. And do I look at the camera or do I look at you? <laughs> um, I'm, let's just say I'm looking at you. I'm looking at you right now. Okay. So, so I think that that should work. Am I looking at you? <laughs> <laughs> No, you look great, man. You look great. Thank you, man. Um, I know we've been connected on LinkedIn for quite some time now, and I see what you guys are doing, and you guys are doing a great job with, with your show and, and some of the stuff that you guys are doing as far as your posts. So uh, thanks for having me on. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Um, so uh, I, I just want to kind of go back to the very, very beginning um, because, you know, obviously right now we're looking at you know, Rupesh, the owner, the operator, the consultant, the hospitality professional. But tell me about Rupesh Patel, like kind of leading up to this point, like as as a kid, like what was your first instance of like uh, feeling hospitality and kind of like and, and being touched by that and recognizing that it's it's a beautiful thing? Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, um, I, I think ever since I, I was young, we've had hospitality in our in our blood, basically. Um, I'm Indian, so my heritage is Indian. You know, we my parents are from India, and you know, with the Indian culture, it's very hospitable. Like when you go to someone's house, you're walking to their house, they're offering you food, they're welcoming into their house. You know, they're asking if you want to stay over. You know, uh, so it was part of our blood, as far as uh, I say, just in Indian people in general. It's we're hospitable, right? We love this. We we will feed you even if you just had lunch, right? And, and as I grew up in that with that kind of mentality and, you know, with that whole culture. So this kind of made it easy for our family to kind of transition from my, I grew up in Houston, Texas. Right. Um, and there was 22 people living in one house, right. My parents and my aunt and uncles moved to America and they didn't have anything like, like all the other stores you hear of immigrants coming to America. And, um, they had to live in a house. We lived in an apartment for a while. We shared, I think it was like two or three apartments where we all kind of lived together and we'd walk up and down and, you know, have dinner at nice. house and lunch at someone's house. And, and so we kind of grew up with a big family. So almost over 20, I think it was like 21 or 22 people in a house, like a small, you know, I think it was like less than 1500 square feet or two, less than, it was really small. Right. So it, it, it's in our blood. Right. And, um, you know, my parents had a, my parents and my family started an Indian grocery business. So, they provided Indian groceries to uh, this community that was growing in Houston, Texas, right? Um, and then in 1989, and by the way, um, I sucked at school. I was, I, I just told this story to somebody over the weekend. I said, listen, my, I had bad grades growing up, so I didn't really see myself doing anything special, right? I just tried hard. So like even a simple thing of being hospitable, what I, as far as I can remember, is there was a competition in second grade to sell candy bars, right? You, you have neighbors and you have these kids that run around the neighborhood selling the world's, world's best chocolate. You ever had one of those? Uh, world's finest, I believe. World's finest, <laughs> world's finest chocolate. And I was like, you know what? The, the first place gets a TV, the second place gets like a tent, and third place gets like something else. And I was like, oh my God, a TV? And this is back in the 80s when nobody had a TV, right? Especially a kid in, in his bedroom. 
and, and forget cable. We were just like using the antenna to kind of, you know, <laughs> uh, catch like two or three channels, right? Uh, and so I was like, you know what? I'm going to win this thing. And so me and my friend Matthias were like, you know what? We're going to go into competition. We're going to kill the entire second grade. Actually, it was a school-wide event. It was it was like all of elementary school that you, you sold candy. Well, I think it went on for a couple of weeks. And um, I started selling some, you know, I'd go around the neighborhood, sell candy to, to my neighbors. And, and then I started like expanding out of my like street into like other neighborhoods. And um, I remember this one time, uh, and I think I was up to like 500 or 600 candy bars at this time. Uh, it was raining, it was cold, and I was soaking wet. Think about like a seven year, I think it was like seven or eight or second grade, whatever. Uh, I think I was yeah. like eight years old. Um, and I was soaking wet and had a bag, like a grocery bag full of candy bars. And I was just, no, it was a box. And I had it covered in it so it wouldn't get wet. And the lady yelled at me. She, I was like, do you want to buy? I knocked on her door soaking wet. And she was like, do you want to buy candy? And she was like, no, you better get home before you get sick. And I was like, I'm not going home. I'm going to win this competition. I need to win that TV. Well, it was a long story. You know, we sold a bunch of candy. And no, I did not get first place because my friend Matthias he gave his candy bars to his mom so she could sell them at work. And she worked at a big company and she sold a thousand candy bars where I was like struggling to sell like, I think six or 700. Um, That's you know, cheating. Like, huh? That's cheating. <laughs> it is. And, I, and I, was, I felt so bad, but you know, this is, this is life, right? You can't have it your way all the time. And so I kind of learned like, Hey, if you want to sell and you got to be nice to people and you got to, you know, uh, kind of sell yourself and you got to keep going. Right. And that's what I've kind of done all these years. So we sold our family business in 89 and my parents bought, my dad bought a motel in South Florida and we knew nothing about hotels and motels. Our friends had one. So we bought one and, um, I took the money that we had and from our business and kind of converted to a hotel. You know, we lived on property for a long time. My parents just sold their property two years ago, two and a half years ago. Um, it was a really the same motel that they bought all those years ago. 89. Still had. I think it was 1989 and um, 88, 89. And uh, yeah, man, they just sold it recently. And uh, we lived on property. We did laundry. We did, you know, we had like one employee that was like a housekeeper, but we did everything else. So we stripped rooms, we rented rooms, we did laundry, we did, I swept the parking lot, like swept it with like a little broom. And we didn't have blowers and all that stuff back in the day, right? <laughs> but this is where you cut your teeth into like really grinding and hustling, you know? So that's kind of where I got my background. And um, since then, you know, we've been fortunate enough to kind of go into some more family business avenues and kind of grow this little thing that we had this one property to a few and, you know, we bought and sold a few. And here I am just sharing my life and story right now, you know? I'm just I'm just happy where where we've converted this one property these couple properties into award winning properties now and it's just about hustling right when I was a kid I hustled and I'm still doing it I'm just I'm not the smartest person in the world but I keep hustling right even though people might have more hotels than me uh, or have whatever I'm happy for them right um, and I'm not looking to have like a million hotels or anything like that I just want to share my experiences and that's what I'm kind of doing right now so a couple of things I want to address with what you just said number one like I want to focus in on this this little hotel that you were working at this little motel so I'm okay so you were probably what 10 11 12 years old 11 years old yeah okay so most 11 year olds aren't going to want to be going around, you know, cleaning people's toilets and stripping rooms and sweeping the parking lot. Like you, like you said, you were hustling, you were grinding on like almost manual labor as like a child, basically. <laughs> child labor. Yeah. <laughs> and, and 
and then here you are, fast forward, and you're still doing hotels. Like, how did you not just say, I never want to see another bed. I never want to see another guest. I never want to see another, you know, uh, laundry machine. Like, you know what I mean? How did you get overcome that at a young age and be able to see the value in what you were doing? Like, where does, where did you get your passion from as far as hotels? How do you keep going? So I think it's more than just hotels. I think it's just a, a drive and a, and a, and a, uh, a zest for life, I guess. Um, and I have that like every day, like I, like if you follow me on Instagram or follow me on my other, other social channels, like I do this thing every single day. Like I will go dig a ditch. And I did this year with, with our maintenance team, right? I will go do the things that people don't want to do. Right. Um, just to be successful. And like I said, I don't want a billion dollars or anything. I just want to be happy. And so I just keep going. Right. It's that mentality from when I was a kid that woke up at like five o'clock, six o'clock in the morning. I still do that now. Like seriously, when I was a kid, I woke up at six o'clock in the morning every day, like, you know, young kids do, but I've continued that like hustle and just like that zest for life. Right. Um, I want to have fun. That's what I want to do. I want to have fun and enjoy what I do. So that's what I continue doing. That, that is, that's very admirable, you know, considering it's, like I said, I, I don't think a lot of people would have, would have even ended up associated with a hotel or anything like that beyond, you know, that initial, that initial working period. Oh, it's not, um, it's not, <laughs> it's not growing up. It's not like you have to do laundry while your friends are like at like a mall hanging out. And you had to like, I remember like this one time this, our friends was like, Hey, you want to come to our, uh, come over. We're going to the mall. We're going to all hang out. Cause back in the eighties malls were the thing where you hung out and you got in trouble. Right. Where, oh yeah. Uh, uh, or nowadays it's all, everyone's on their, uh, on their phone. Right. Uh, yeah, you know, <laughs> I would be like, no, I can't come because I got to do this laundry and I got to do this. I have all these other things we need to do, right? But you know, that's where I kind of learned, like, just got to keep going and you got to make the best of it, right? And as far as, like, the hospitality aspect of what you were doing at that time, like, what was your exposure like with guests and stuff like that? Because, I mean, you know, I started out in hotels when I was young, like 17, and I thought it was a challenge for me and also like immense growth that like as a 17-year-old, I was expected to present myself in a non-17-year-old manner to 50-year-old guests who are coming business travelers, things of that nature, families. But you're 11 years old and you're put in front of the guests. Tell me about that experience. How did it grow you? How did it mature you? Or just the result of that? Yeah, you know, when you're 11, you don't really care. You, you don't really have a mindset of like, oh, these people are judging me and I, I can't do this job because I'm much younger than these guys that you're guests, right? They're probably 21 or 50 years old. But I think when you're young, you don't have that mentality of, oh, yeah, these guys are judging me or I don't need I, I shouldn't be here. Right. Whereas an adult, you kind of you kind of put those stories into your head. I never had that. So I just kept going. Right. We just kept it going. Like we didn't care. We, we rented it. We had a motel. It was like an exterior motel. Right. So we just rented rooms and we said, hey, we have, you know, it was a, it was a lot mostly local business. So, uh, hey, welcome. And, you know, how can I help you? And what do you need? And that was it. So I wasn't scared. Did you like, even at that time, the interactions with, with the people? Was that something that you valued as a, as a young person? Yeah, you know, I would get it. The reason I, I asked, go ahead. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that, that's a valid question because, you know, I would get excited. My mom used to tell me, like, I would put a time, when, I, when, when it was time for me to work the front desk, 
I would actually put a tie on, pretending like I worked at a full service hotel. And my mom actually has pictures of that. It's so funny that you say that. I, like, I, okay, right now I'm asking for these pictures, man. We got to see them. We got to see them. I know. I'm going to have to get them for you because it was funny. Like I would put a tie on and it, this is my dad's tie. I didn't own a tie, right? Um, but yeah, it, it was just cool to like have a different experience than, you know, than growing up in a, I would say like a normal childhood, you know? Um, we saw everything. Yeah, definitely, definitely a little abnormal as far as I don't think I've met anybody who's lived in a hotel growing up and worked and everything like that. So, um, and you know, I guess ultimately now, I mean, you have smart guests, um, and, and, uh, kind of your hospitality solutions for, it seems like you've really cracked the code, especially in like a select service environment for being able to increase uh, like GSS and salt scores and um, kind of increase your presence and your and everything online with marketing and everything like that. Um, how did how did like how did smart guests come to be like what? What's the story behind that one? So that this is like my passion project that I've been working on for the last since 2013, right? Um, like my side hustle that everyone ha- should have a side hustle, right? This is my side hustle that I learned I should have, right? Most people just work and then they just work and they don't have this other passion that you know that kind of keeps them going because you know sometimes if you're working the front desk or you're the general manager, you have this thing that you know you're you're passionate about your job, but then they also need this other hobby, right? And that's what I kind of did. Well. I turned this problem into a business, which I never expected it to be a business. So here's the story. In 2008, when the economy went down, I just spent a ton of money renovating a a property of mine, right? I was like, oh, I sold this property and now we have this money. I'm going to put it back into this property. And guess what? Uh, We opened up February 7th or was it January 17th, 2008. And that summer, a few months later, the economy went down and I'm like, crap. We're gonna lose. We're gonna lose a lot of money, and uh, you know, next couple of years, yeah, we did lose money. We had friends that lost their businesses, lost their hotels. You probably heard of stories of friends and family members losing their jobs, and just losing, you know, yeah. everything. Basically, their houses, right? And during that time, uh, or prior to that, I would hear people saying, you know, if you have great customer service, you'll kind of win the game as far as hospitality, because a lot of people are looking for that extra touch point. They're looking to feel good when you're walking to a hotel, right? Or when you stay at a hotel. And I was like, you know what? I never believed in that. I just believed in how much money do we make? And that was it, right? And so I I had to really change my focus on instead of just thinking of how much money we made, but how many people are actually happy, right? And that's where smart guests came in. I started trying all these different things. I started reading online. I used to watch videos and I would go through some of these training sessions for hospitality and they always come back to customer service right and, and even at that time um now this is like 2006 7 8 uh social media is you know coming up facebook was coming up and i started seeing like people were talking about businesses online and i said hey listen i need to um we need to like make sure that our properties that we spent this money on continue growing and getting good feedback and especially online and so I started uh, tinkering with these little tools and little things that would kind of impress the guests um, and simple things like an air freshener. Like when you go to a car wash, you get an air freshener, right? They ask, well, what kind of air freshener do you want in your car? And I said, well, how can I take this air freshener and uh, attach some card that says, give us a review? And so we, I tried like 100 things. And I think out of the 100, now we have like 55 really good products that kind of help hotels improve their customer service scores. Well, I would go to these like regional meetings. Like if a brand had a regional meeting, I would go and I would share my story. And they'd be like, well, 
how are you, you have an older property that's 40 years old. How are you number one in your market? Or how are you like top ranked within reviews, right? And I would say this, there's one thing, right? Or these few things. And that's kind of how smart guests grew. I had, didn't have a website. I was just like, yeah, this is what I'm using. Best practices, whatever. And here you can use it too, right? Here's some ideas. Well, I started getting a bunch of calls and I started getting onto Photoshop and designing people's business cards and, and, and such. And I'm like, <laughs> I, I'm not a designer. I'm like, I'm a hotel guy that's just trying to help people out, right? Um, and this is like, I think it was like 12, 13, 2012, 2013. And um, yeah, man, it's just been blowing up since then. Now we have over 4,200 hotels now nationwide that we support. And uh, still, it's my side hustle, just a website that kind of helps hotels improve their service scores, operations, uh, really get good reviews, and then just, you know, build a team. And uh, simple things like when you walk into a hotel, do you get, how do you properly get recognized, right? You can give them a, a water bottle that every other hotel gives them, but can you give them a water bottle with their name on it, right? And so we started creating these, I started creating these templates and designing them. And I would say, hey, listen, all you have to do is open this PDF and type their guest name in and print it and wrap it around a candy bar or a water bottle. And this is how you improve your service, right? That's smart guest, basically. I think um, you you touched on something really awesome. Like the fact that regardless of like the the financial climate or whatever you know whatever's going on basically service always wins and have you have you seen that uh like the tangible results of of good service and genuine hospitality on your businesses over the years like have you seen it where people are losing and you're winning because of your service at your properties yes i mean you see it every single day i mean if you, if you don't have a good online presence as far as great reviews good uh internal brand scores um you see it. You see people making business decisions or booking decisions based on your online presence, right? And that all goes back to customer service. Like, how are you treating the guests? How are you impressing them? How are you making sure that they leave happy, right? Uh, and that all has to do with the first part, is, which is customer service and making our guests feel warm and welcome, right? And that's what I believe. In. That's like the basics of hotels. Like, you have to have like the basics as far as the standards. But when it comes to customer service, you know, you should have. You should go above and beyond, and that's what I always recommend. And this is what I teach and consult with other hotels nationwide. Like, go above and beyond, and you'll beat the you'll beat your competition just by doing that one extra step or those two extra things, right? I think, um, kind of, it's it comes back time and time again to like basically before I ever even got a job at a hotel, I started watching Hotel Impossible. You know, Anthony Melchiori, right? Like, first stand, I'm like, this guy is awesome, and. He said, you know, the formula is clean rooms and friendly service. That's it. That's how you win. And like, I didn't truly like really, I guess, understand that until I really started working in hotels and, and then, you know, talking with, with people like you as well, who've seen results in that same thing. It's like, it baffles me that other hoteliers aren't getting it. Like, how do you not provide clean rooms and friendly service like that is the basic fundamental duty and obligation that you have as a hotelier is to is to provide these basic things and people will win and people will lose and i guess that's for the people who are willing to work harder to provide that service and, and those those clean rooms and, and a nice experience for their guests absolutely so you do a lot of consulting now um you know go to a lot of other hotels and 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 spread your 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 message what have you found to be the biggest challenge uh, when it comes to kind of showing up at a property for the first time and uh, having these people just happen to, you have to get them to buy into what you're saying and they don't even know you. How do you accomplish that? 
So I, this is like my favorite thing. So we'll get the, so when, when a hotel hires me or a management company hires me, it's a full day. Like I'm there 12 hours a day, 10, 12 hours a day. And we spend a few hours in the morning with the management team ownership. And then the afternoon we spent two hours talking to the entire team, front desk, housekeeping, breakfast. Um, if they have a valet, I mean, everybody, maintenance, everybody's in, in this room. Right. And how I get the point across is I share a lot of stories and it's not just like, Oh yeah, be friendly. Right. But like, how do you actually do it? Like we could say be friendly all day long. Right. But if you don't share examples, you don't share a story, you, I always bring it back to pizza. Like anytime I have a meeting, I have a training, it always goes back to pizza and it always goes back to like, what do we all believe in? Right. What are we all here for? What's the common goal? And really it's the stories that I share uh, in my trainings that kind of get people to understand like the difference between like Karen and then actually care, like really, really caring, right? It opens up people's eyes because after at the end of my after the end of the two hour session or a full day, like people come up to me like, oh my God, I learned something that I that I that I never did before, right? Nobody taught me this. So, you know, in the hotel space, um, I feel like we get thrown into the job, right? We don't they say, Oh yeah, be friendly, you should be nice, but how do you actually do it? And what are the words that you're using and how are you explaining it? Um, not a lot of hotels do. And so I'm passionate about that. And so when, when I can share a story or a bunch of stories that have something to do with uh, the, the end goal, it makes more sense and it kind of connects. And that's how you kind of get the buy-in. Um, and then you give them tools too. So I incorporate a lot of the smart guest stuff into in, into the, the operations and the program and the strategy of trying to improve your service scores or build a team or just, just get a boost of motivation because sometimes you just need that extra outside that outside message because you know same thing for me i could i could just talk about like hotels and i could talk about hey we need to do this at my properties or we need to do this at this you know location but when it comes from the outside people are like oh yeah it's not just the owners that are like barking at me but like this is a sure. universal message right and people feel good about it. like oh yeah the, these guys actually hired a professional to kind of teach that is successful to teach us something that maybe the hotel owners aren't teaching right um, I'm passionate about it. And I think um, it, it, from like an employee, kind of like their, their viewpoint, they're seeing that the owners are investing in in them to a certain extent. And I think that alone, just having you just show up in general shows that the owners are willing to invest money and, you know, actually trying to trying to give them the tools they need rather than just saying, why aren't you driving the results that we're demanding, you know, and, and giving them a chance, which I, I think ultimately that alone is a good sign that those properties will hopefully, you know, ultimately be successful in whatever, whatever they're doing. Cause a lot of owners are not willing to, to spend really any money or that kind of money to get somebody to come in and speak with their team like that. Yeah, it's um, expensive, but you know, it's long-term if you're trying to build a team and you're trying to build a hotel team, especially right now, we're in the eighth inning um, of the economy where we don't know if we're going to, it's just going to drop out tomorrow or what's going to happen, right? It might be another year or two until the economy slows down a little bit. But, you know, if you have really good service, you have really good, a great online presence because it kind of goes hand in hand, you're going to continue thriving compared to somebody that's not doing anything, right? Doesn't care about customer service, doesn't care about making guests feel good. And you're going to see that difference between you and the competition if you're actually doing it uh, or if you're not doing it, you're going to see like, hey, why are these guys busier? I'll drive the parking lot and find out why are these guys busier than us? <laughs> because people care about that stuff, right? And people are, the word of mouth is still there, right? Uh, and people still read reviews. So, or people still talk to each other. And and then also the review side, right? So it all goes hand in hand. Yeah. So um, 
do you have any stories or examples of like whether it's people on teams that you've met or or hotels that that have kind of just been after being exposed to like what the power of genuine hospitality can do that they that they've turned it around like anything that sticks out in your mind any examples oh um, yeah of- yeah 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 definitely yeah i have a friend uh this guy that d- never owned a hotel in his life he called me two years ago. He said, listen, I'm buying a property. I need help. I don't know anything about hotels. So I kind of mentored him the last couple of years. I still talk to him every week, you know, every couple, week or two. And, you know, they didn't know anything about anything. So the GM was there for two and a half, or 12 years and they didn't win a, win a single award. And this is a big, it's probably the, one of the biggest uh, uh, management companies out there in the United States right now for hotel management. And they didn't, um, they didn't win any awards. And our goal was to w- win them an award, right? So we did a couple trainings. We kept them going. And we put some processes and some strategies in place to get more reviews and increase their, their customer service. And, yeah, we had to make some changes. Like you walk into a hotel and you just see that the manager doesn't care, right? You, you've been there. You've, you've, you've been there, right? You've been to a hotel and you're like, oh, this manager doesn't care. Or this front desk team. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. So, you know, it's one of those stories. Like we had to replace some people. Like sometimes we have to go in and be like the bad guy at a property. And I'm happy to kind of advise hotels to do the same thing. Like you're losing money because you have this one person or this team of people that maybe shouldn't be there. Maybe they should take another position in the hotel or maybe they should go find another career because they're not happy with and they care enough, right? Um, let me record this because I actually gonna I'm gonna post about this. Uh, yeah. But you know, not everybody should be a hotel manager, and I say that right. The, the people that are working the front desk are like, oh yeah, I want to be a hotel manager one day, right? But not everybody's fit to be a hotel manager, so don't become a hotel manager just to say you're a hotel manager, right? And I'm actually writing an article. Uh, about it here soon and it's uh, I think I wrote it down it's uh, five reasons why you should not become a hotel (laughs) manager right Um, and the first thing is like you don't care enough right there's people that care just to a certain point and then after that they're like oh I don't care and you know we know those people Colin do you know somebody like that absolutely absolutely and not only like people can see right through that sort of stuff like it's very obvious to a team it's very obvious to a guest if somebody doesn't care and um you know those who do care will outshine and overpower those individuals any day of the week any day of the week right so that's just one thing like the second thing be like don't if you're not willing to work weekends if you're not willing to like go that extra mile go above and beyond like all those things that actually matter when you're a hotel general manager like are you willing to cover a shift are you willing to work triples, right? Are you willing to like just hustle, hustle, hustle? Because GMs, if you're a good GM, you hustle, right? You build a team, but then when you have to, when they're, when it's t- the tough times, you got to get in there and actually work, right? And that's the one of the, t- those are the two things that out of the five, and there's a dozen, dozens of things why you should not be a general manager, right? And, you know, I think it's powerful when you can understand like, oh yeah, you know what? I'm not fit to be a general manager. And and, that, and not everybody is, right? Yeah, and I think like, you know, there's like people view, especially when you're coming into the hospitality industry, people view it with rose-colored glasses. You know, it's the glamorous, like, because hotels are very corporate-y kind of environments as much as like we don't want to say that. They are, you know, to, to a certain extent. When someone comes in and uh, maybe fresh out of college or they're new to the to the game and this is like their first like, you know, big boy or big girl job and they're at the front desk of the hotel and 
they see all the, you know, people in suits, general managers, director of sales, and they're like, oh, I want to be like that. Well, do you want to be like that because you want the clout or do you want to be like that because you genuinely, you know, give a shit about the guest and about people feeling welcome and, you know, about doing right by the owners and, and giving the guests an experience that, that they can rave about. I mean, it's, I think when people stop doing things for the clout part of it and just like just have like an internal desire to do the right thing and to do it for for an, an actual intrinsic reason it's they will far outshine the people who are just doing it for for you know the the glory i guess or the everything that comes along with it um, yeah, i definitely agree i definitely agree you know the the third thing or the first really the first thing is don't become a general manager if you're not a people person if you do not like people in general and you're an introvert, do not become a general manager. That's just like 101, right? Um, if you're, it, it's super strong when you, you know you can understand that, oh, you know what? I'm not a people person. I can't go up to people and really get their feedback or make them feel good or really speak to them to understand like how they feel and how their stay was and all of those things to be in the public eye. That's what a general manager does. You're like a real people person, right? That's my, that's my third one. Right. Like I think being a manager, being a general manager, being a department head, whatever, it's almost like a, it's almost like a political role more than anything. Like it, it becomes less and less about like, can you check somebody in? Can you manage to sell out? Can you, you know, relocate this guest, whatever. And it becomes more and more about, can you manage the guest expectation? Can you manage the team dynamics? Can you manage the ownership? Like how do you manage the different groups of people that you're responsible for on a daily basis? And, and I, it becomes less and less about what you know and more and more about how you can relate to other people and, and how you can, um, you know, your, your, your leadership qualities. And kind of along with that, Rupesh, what do you think, like, you know, absolute necessities as far as qualities for leadership and like what you see to be the most important uh, and long lasting uh, traits that a person can have to be successful in hotels? Man, the, the number one thing that we talked about is caring. You have to care. Like you have to really, really, really care. Not just like, oh yeah, I care. And then you turn around and you're like, oh, you know, I'm not going to deal with it. I'm, a, I'm just going to let it, I'm going to let that, that review, bad review go because I don't want to deal with uh, the pain of, of talking to that guest or the pain of recovering them if you had to, right? Um, little things, but even big things like building the team, like do you actually care about other people, right? It's not just about yourself, but you're caring about your team. You're caring about your guests. You're caring about the property. You're caring about the owners. There's a lot of caring going on when you're the general manager or a leader at your hotel. So I always say like, do they care? Like some hotel owners and managers will call me like, hey, I, I want to get you on. And I want to train you. I, I want to train my team. And I want to kind of build them, build the team together, boost morale. And I say, does your team care? And when I talk to the owners, I said, does your general manager actually care? And then we'll go through the process of like, what do they care about, right? Uh, but <laughs> that's like number one, right? And there's like a hundred things that you could talk about when you're when you're being a successful general manager. But that biggest trait is, do they actually really care? What does caring look like on a daily basis? Especially considering, let's you know, kind of add and be realistic about the complications and the whirlwind that comes with running a hotel. Um, you know, especially uh, when you're a general manager that doesn't have you know a director of operations, director of rooms the director of front office, director of housekeeping, and then, you know, all these layers of like management that you get at a big box or a full service hotel, the general manager can kind of sit on top of that. But if you're the general manager of a 95 room true by Hilton hotel 
in a college town somewhere and you are, you know, working overnight shifts because somebody called off or, you know, something like that. How do you actually, how do you, how do you show that you care even when you're dealing with that whirlwind that happens all around you? And it feels like, you know, there's only two salaried managers at the hotel and you've got your back up against the wall. How do you still care? How do you keep going? Because you have to understand when you take this position um, and general managers like, Oh, you know, being the general manager is easy. No, it is not right. It's a tough position that you have to be in when you're dealing with people not coming to work. You've been dealing with complaining guests. You have to deal with it all. Like you just have to know this is part of your business. This is part of daily activities at the hotel and when you can get that concept into your head like oh guests are going to complain every day we're going to have a problem almost every day we're going to these are the issues that happen this is part of our business when you start thinking like oh everything's going to be perfect and that a hotel like every hotel is perfect or uh, all the best running hotels are perfect they're not they have issues every day and that general managers put it in their mind like i'm i'm expecting it. it's coming right so when you have that instead of being surprised at like problems or, oh, this person didn't show up or this group of people didn't show up or this guest complaint. If you're surprised at that, then I think you're in the wrong position or the wrong mindset when you're thinking about that, right? When you're in the mindset of like, oh, this is part of our daily activities. This is what happens when you're in the hotel. You think differently. You run your hotel differently. You you live better too, right? Because you can now understand like this is part of our deal. And so what I'm really hearing you saying is, you know, along with having to manage the guest expectation the team expectation, the ownership expectation. What you really need to do is manage your own expectations and have the correct internal dialogue within yourself and just self-awareness of realizing that like, what else did you expect when you signed on the dotted line to become a GM of a hotel? <laughs> yeah. Like, I mean, it, it's, I don't know, like, I don't want to like laugh about it, but it's, it's, it's almost comical in a sense. Like, what else were you expecting when, right. when you decided I'm going to be a general manager? Right. It's complaints are inevitable. Problems are inevitable. Changing plans. Like I don't, I can't tell you how many times I come into work on a daily basis with like an agenda of what I want to get done, what my, you know, kind of like the big picture things I want to do, just check the boxes off and maybe I can get one of those things done if that, but it usually just ends up as, you know, something shifts on a dime and you just have to adapt and, and respond to that accordingly. And I guess if that's not the personality that you have, it, you know, maybe be better suited somewhere else. Not that it's a bad thing. It's just right people in the right places is all. Yeah, yeah I, I definitely agree. I mean, you have to have the right mindset when you're coming into this position or if you're coming into a new property. You just have to understand as a general manager, as a leader, as anybody, even the front desk supervisor, front desk manager, anybody, even the front desk person that's working the front desk, checking people in, you have to understand there is this percentage of people that are going to complain. There is a percentage of people that you're gonna might have drama with that you sh really should not bring drama to the to work, right? Um, there is a percentage of things that are gonna happen in your hotel, and you have to be ready for it. You can't be surprised. If you're surprised, you're in the wrong mindset, um, and I definitely believe that. Now, um, did did you uh, did you go to school, Rupesh? Did you go to college? I, I went to multimedia school, so I did design, I did uh, marketing, I did uh, audio, I did all those. That's why you see a lot of the marketing side of my social because I love this stuff. I I I, de uh, I DJ. Back in high school, I had a full business. Oh, cool. I had a full, full, like all out business where my friends were working at McDonald's um, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. I was DJing clubs and I was doing parties and all that stuff. And I had a full business in high school, right? And through college. So I just kind of, I just took that into what I love. I love music and I love marketing. And, I, and so, so I've kind of brought that back into our business now. Uh, or actually, I, it's been in our business where 
we're different than everybody else. We're not the average hotel. We're not, we're, we don't want to be the same, right? And th- that's where my creativity comes in. So yeah, I went to a multimedia school. And I, I cause I, I definitely noticed like your element of creativity in your social media and, and, and everything like that. And that kind of leads me to the question like, okay, like let's take this, this true by Hilton, for example, right? That's, you know, obviously you have a lot of brand standards to maintain, like when it's something as stripped and as exposed as like a bed and a shower, you know, like basically like your, your truly just your basic lodging situation. How do you be creative in that, in that type of situation when it's not your own brand, you know, and, and, and things of that nature, like how do you bring creativity into a setting that is dictated by a brand or by a corporation or by your ownership? Tell me about that. So here's what I say. When, when, when people, when owners and operators and, and general managers are like, oh, we can't do that because it's not brand standard. I agree. But there's also a percentage of uh, my mindset where like, you can't, yeah, we're going to have everything brand standard. But like when you're giving out a business card with your name on it that says, hey, thank you so much for being, staying with us. I would love anything you need between now and three o'clock or between now and 11. I am here to personally take care of your stay. And you give them that business card that might say, hey, post a review, which is not against brand standards, right? Uh, but it's helping your business, right? Um, so what I tell owners and managers, like, oh, they're like, well, we can't use this one thing because it's not brand standard. Well, guess what? When the QA happens once a year or twice a year, you're you're basically saying 365 days a year, right? You take two days out that you might get a QA on. What about the rest of the year where you could have made these connections and uh, given somebody a personalized water bottle or a customized candy bar with their name on it or made something at the front desk that kind of connected you? A simple idea. Uh, at my front desk, we have a little card that says, uh, it's a plaque with your name on it. And every employee at my hotel has their own business card, right? Which is really, really, which is housekeepers have their own business card, right? That's how you become creative. You get everybody involved in the process because that's how you're improving reviews. You're getting, you're boosting morale. Like when's the last time you've heard of a housekeeper having her own business card or his well, Absolutely. Like, because when a room attendant is a room attendant, you know, they, I don't want to say that they're, they think that they're just a room attendant, but again, just like we talked about everybody walking around in suits, the director of sales and GM and everything like that. And, you know, they're obviously like, they're looking like, oh, they're on this totally different planet. Right. But it's like, you give somebody a business card, that's pride. That's like ownership. It's accountability. This is creativity right there, right? Um, simple little things. I'm not saying change the entire brand. We're not saying change that true to something that's not. That's not. Stay with the standards. Stay with the kind of the, the brand look and feel. But these little touch points that you're making guests feel good in that interaction, that's called hospitality, right? That's where you kind of bring your creativity. Simple idea. In my lobby, in one of my, one of my properties, in my lobby, it said, there's a sign that says, enjoy your stay, ring the bell. And I got this idea from, I think it was Arby's or some other restaurant. Um, basically, in breakfast, people are ringing the bell. It's called social proof. It's like when your friends like something on Facebook, you like it too, right? More than nobody liking it, then nobody likes it, right? Um, we, I just came up with this idea, like ring the bell. And so during breakfast, if a guest rings a bell, people in the lobby that work that work in the lobby or work in breakfast are clapping, right? So that gets everybody in, like that's a small creativity, wow. right? That's things that you could have done at any property. It doesn't have to be like a independent boutique hotel. You could do these simple ideas as far as I'm not making this stuff up, right? 
I'm bringing an idea from outside my industry, which is a restaurant. How do I incorporate it into my hotel that improves something, right? And that's what I love. That's what I love. That's where my creativity comes in. I don't just, I don't just, uh, I'm not making it up. I'm bringing like outside industry. So I, I am aware of when I walk into a restaurant, I walk into other businesses, I'm fully aware of all their marketing. I love that. I love how they're engaging. I love the design. I love the concept. Uh, I love that. That's how you get creative, right? You're not in your own bubble thinking, how's my neighbor next door doing it? What, what are they doing at their hotel? Bring ideas from outside the industry. That bell, like, I'm, 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 it does, it, does it not, on, 20 bucks on Amazon. <laughs> I, does it not annoy other guests in breakfast, though? No, people love it. It's so like, like if somebody rings the bell in breakfast, then the people at the front desk or the room attendant that's walking by, everybody claps like, hey, this guy's ooh, enjoying hey, your stay. Everybody feel good, right? Enjoyed your stay. Ring the bell. That is It's a like hot. button. That it's, is hot. It's a, like button. it's a like button, basically, in our lobby. I absolutely love that idea, man. That is genius. And you know what? It, it, and it's, it's I, I also like appreciate the fact that you're not like taking 100% credit for it necessarily. You're like, I literally saw this and I'm just like, okay, well we can do that too. Like that's all it takes. And I think it's an awareness that granted, like I don't want to downplay you Rupesh, but you're, you're Rupesh Patel. You're just a regular guy, right? You're running hotels. Like anybody can, can develop and train their mind to, to do these sort of things. Is this something that you feel like you've always had or that you've had to work at to train your mind into to being aware enough to recognize those sort of things? I'm, I think in the last seven, seven, eight years, I've been more aware. Like I've noticed now, like I need to understand, like when I walk into a business, if I walk into a Blaze Pizza, understand because they spend millions of dollars on marketing. They spend millions of dollars on research to make their, have you been to a Blaze recently? You know, not recently, but there's, yeah, there's, and last well, time I was at a blaze, I was, you know, a little drunk, but it was good. <laughs> <laughs> you know, any, any business, any franchise business, they spend millions and millions and millions of dollars developing their look and feel, right? Why can't you borrow something, this one little thing and make it your own and, and make it create into your own thing, right? Hire a, a graphic designer if you don't have or anybody that you that, that's paying 20 bucks and be like, hey, make this look like our, like our brand and make it be make it feel like it's incorporated. Make it look like it's a brand standard, basically. That's what I do, yeah. right? <laughs> uh, <laughs> and I love that. Like you could just, it, it doesn't look like it's like, you know, something that we didn't make up. It looks like it's part of like just our, our journey in the hotel business, right? As far as like the look and feel, so. So, uh <laughs> We're not going to tell the brands or anything, but basically just do what you can to just to kind of navigate those waters of, of the brand standards. And 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 basically, again, just like Blaze spent millions of dollars to to craft their image for what their brand is. You know, we have to honor and respect the fact that True has spent millions of dollars into into, uh, you know, cultivating their their look and their feel for their brand. Nothing wrong with taking that and just being being a little creative and personal with it. Yeah, we're not saying put it out. Like you don't have to have a belt. You, those cards, they're not sitting at the front desk. They're in your pocket, right? I never say go ask for, go put a, a card out there and ask for a review. I say, Mr. Smith, if you really enjoyed your stay with us and you really, really, and guess what? We have guests that stay with us every week. The same guests that stay with us every week, right? Why aren't we getting something out of them? They love you. Yeah. Get a review out of them, right? And that's like the easiest win. Like that's like a simple win that you can, take right now to the bank where 
you have these loyal guests. They love you. They stay with you every week. They stay with you for a month, right? Get something out of them. Like, hey, we know that you love us. Would you mind posting a review about my, you know, and mention my name because I would love it. I would feel great about it. And maybe the ownership would understand, like, you know, this is like a, a thing that's happening. And um, so even incentive programs, like I love incentive programs, not for a group. Like in the, in the, in the past, I would be like, oh, you know, the housekeeping team did an amazing job and we're going to have a pizza party. Right. Yeah, we still do pizza parties for the for the entire team or, or for departments, but I like to incentivize individually. Like if somebody did a great job, it wasn't the entire team that did it. Because guess what? Out of the 10 people working in housekeeping or 20 people or 50 people working in housekeeping, there was a percentage of people that actually cared, right? That really cared. They yeah. went above and beyond. Why are we incentivizing the entire team? Why are we recognizing the entire team when only three people out of the 10 did a good job or seven out of the 10 people did a good job, right? Why are we rewarding those three extra people that didn't do a good job? So when I do an incentive programs, especially the bigger ones, I say, hey, listen, if your name gets mentioned on a TripAdvisor review, we'll give you $10. We'll give you something. We'll give you a gift card. We'll give you points. And you can build those points up to buy something else from us or have, go into this little closet and pick whatever you want, like gift cards or whatever, right? Um, but I love that part where you're building a team and you know those business cards that every employee has, guess what? That's an opportunity for you to connect with that guest. And Hey, Mr. Smith, do you know anybody else? Like if you're part of the sales team or everybody's a salesperson at the hotel, right? You're basically selling your hotel. Yes, sir. Uh, and, and I've learned this a while back where I was like, what do you mean? Because they had, they had this question in the seminar I went to like maybe like 15 years ago. Like who sells at a hotel? Who's a salesperson at a hotel? And I raised my hand and I was like, the general manager, the DOS? They're like, nope, it's everybody, right? And I've, put, I've left that in my brain, like in the back of my brain, like everybody's a salesperson. So like you can be a housekeeper or maintenance. Uh, engineer and still say, Mr. Smith, uh, Mr. Smith, thank you so much for staying with us. If I could do anything for you, here's my personal business card. Please let us know. Do you, or, or I see you here, you're here with a group. Like, uh, you know, can we have the entire team stay with us? So there's so many opportunities for sales, right? Uh, but I love that part where you get the entire team on board, but you have to show them. Like, you can't just be like, oh yeah, we're, we want to boost sales, right? And then rely on this one person. But I think the entire team can do it. So there's opportunities everywhere in the hotel. Yeah, recently I saw um, something where uh, David Burkis was saying like, you know, and I, this is something that I think you've echoed a couple times during this interview, which is, you know, if you set your standard up here and there's somebody who's performing, you know, at this level, you've got to address it because if you say your standards up here, but you're, you're tolerating uh, performance at this level, what you're really saying is your standard is, is, is down here. Um, and I think, goes perfectly along like why are we incentivizing the entire department when it's you know it truly is if there are individual performers those people need to be recognized and cultivated to you know to keep doing what they're doing because eventually you get burned out if you keep doing a good job with little to no recognition yeah or, or you get burned out when you when everybody else gets re recognized for your hard work right you're like I right like what do you, you mean I, yeah I'm you're like pissed like wait a second i did this <laughs> <laughs> But everybody else get rewarded, right? I love the individual mindset of, of really recognizing people individually. Um, and then, yeah, groups too. But, you know, I like to call out people that are doing an amazing job because those are the people that are going to be on with, with you when everybody else doesn't show up to work, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. Now, uh, Rupesh, do you have anything else you want to say? Anything that uh, that you want to discuss uh, before we end the interview today? Yeah, I, I could talk about a hundred things. I, I always have a hundred things in the back of my mind, especially when it comes to like marketing, social media, engagement, you know, there's a bunch. Uh, but no, I really just appreciate um, if everybody could just connect with me on LinkedIn my direct LinkedIn, um, you can find me directly at 
R-U-P-E-S-H.co. That goes directly to my LinkedIn profile. Please connect with me. I share daily hospitality uh, insights, marketing, customer service. We br- I, bring, I do a, a weekly live now on LinkedIn where I bring in some awesome people. Uh, we've had uh, Anthony Melikiri on and uh, a bunch of awesome people that you know that just help the industry kind of grow. And this is all free. I love LinkedIn because it's just free education that we should be. If you're in the hotel business, you need to continue learning every single day. Actually, any business, but hotels especially because things are changing rapidly. And if you're not learning like the latest technology or these latest ideas or these free ideas that I'm sharing, you're missing out on these opportunities, especially now where you know, when things are just going to slow down or make some changes, I think it's a great opportunity for you to continue learning and take those back to your team. Just don't learn it for yourself, but share it with your team and see if they can help improve what you're doing there. All right. Well, thank you so much for, for taking the time out of your busy schedule to meet with us. We've really enjoyed uh, having a conversation with you today. Um, and to everybody listening, you've been watching Hospitality MD. Again, I'm Kyle Rupesh has been joining me. Uh, myself, Chris, and Greg's information is all in the description. Definitely follow us on LinkedIn and find Hospitality MD wherever you get your podcast services. Thank you, and we'll see you next week.